Anybody want to be passionate about the Lord? Amen. Amen. We want to do that, that passionately. So we talked about how that this passion brought love, um, this passionate love brought them together in their church and in their homes. It manifested in sharing and caring, manifested in generosity. It resulted in signs and wonders being done. And folks, let me say this. I believe some of the testimonies that were, are here among us today, the, the miracles that are walking among us today, are the direct result of your caring your love, your prayers. I mean, I, I really do. I believe that. Sp speaking of that, let me take a little aside here real quickly and say, um, I mentioned about Brother Charles Odom. Please continue to pray for him, okay? Just, just write his name down. You might not know him, but God knows him. Lift him up in prayer, okay? Brother Danny Tice, uh, one of our apostolic overseers here at the church that uh, Brother Danny had knee surgery this week. And... Um, and so I want us to lift him up in prayer and I'll call him and repent. I probably what I told him was not the, the most loving thing. I told him if he had practiced bending his knees in prayer more, he wouldn't have needed surgery. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the exact thing to, to be said. But um, yeah. hey, it was middle of the week, right? You know, so. But um, I, I really do believe that it's resulted in the, many of the, the signs and wonders the presence of heaven has been revealed in and through the lives back then, and many people were added to the church. They were saved. People were saved and added to the church. People were saved and added to the church. People were saved and added to the church. And because that happened, you know what? They, they got connected to God. They got connected to others. They became a, a community. They created a community, and you know what happened? They changed their world. I wish there were words to be able to express how desperately, how deeply and how intensely I want to see that happen in your life and in my life and the life of this church. That we would be so connected to God that it would change who we are so connected together as his people that his kingdom really would come, his will would be done. Acting, living, breathing as a community. And I promise you, if we do that, it will change the world in which we live. It will change Tyler. It'll change Bullard. It'll change Flint. It'll change every place. It'll change East Texas. It'll change the world. Amen? And so I am so, so excited that that's where our heart is and that's what we're moving towards today. With that in mind, let me begin as we continue to talk about this open heaven. Let me begin with a question. I, was trying, I can't find a smooth transition to this, so here's the question. You ready? The question is, what happens when a Christian dies? What happens when a Christian dies? Okay. So... I mean, I think we would all probably pretty much agree that, that, that when a Christian dies, they're in the presence of the Lord, right? That, that they're, they're, they're lives. As a matter of fact, let's read it, okay? You're there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read what this, the Bible says, okay? Beginning in, in verse 1, it says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, Eternal in the heavens. How many people know that God's purposes are eternal purposes? 
Not, not just purposes for this week or this month or this season or this term, but eternal purposes God wants to work. God has eternal plans. So a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Now, what the apostle Paul's talking about here, he's, he, he's really saying is, you know what? I really do desire to just, you know, to, to just be fully in heaven and fully with God and, and fully have the, that habitation, that eternal body, whatever it's going to look like and be like. We don't know all that it's going to be like. We just know it's going to be like Jesus, right? How many people know that's a pretty good plan just to be like Jesus, amen? And so his, he's saying here, but, but you know, it goes beyond that. He says, if, um, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. He says, we desire to be clothed with that, but that, that, it's not just putting off of right here. We, it's not just putting aside this, this life. It's, it's taking on something more than we are. And he says, for those, for uh, we who groan in this tent being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but we want to be further clothed further clothed. I, I, I don't, that's the New King James Version there. But I like this. He's saying, look, we don't want less. We want more. And I want to encourage you this morning that, that when we talk about being clothed from heaven and, and having an open heaven, that, that we're not just talking about less natural physical stuff. We're talking about more of the presence of Almighty God marking our lives. Amen? Who wants more? Anybody want more? I want more. So, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. What kind of life? By heavenly life, by spiritual life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the presence of the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We, we're, we're not there yet. We haven't seen it yet. We, we haven't got it yet. It's not finished yet. Amen. We're, and how many people know it's going to be a little different in heaven? It's going to be a little different in eternity. Amen. But listen to what he says. He goes on. He says, but we are confident. Yes, we are well pleased rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. You know what he's expressing? He's expressing such a desire, so such a, to just be with God and be all that God has for him for eternity. And he says, I'd rather have it now. I'd rather have it right now. How many people have ever been at a funeral and, and you've heard somebody, a, a, a pastor or a preacher, somebody make that statement that, you know, that, that brother so-and-so was a really good brother and, and, and on, at such and such a day and at such and such a time, he left this earth, but we know where he's at. He's not lost because we know that being absent from the body, he's present with the Lord. Amen? Absent from the body and present with the Lord. So here, uh, here's another question. Is this only true when we die physically? Is, is that the only time we get to experience that, that kind of a relationship with God? Is it just when we die Physically, let's, let's read on. <clears throat> flip over with me. If you want to hold your finger there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to flip over to Romans chapter 6, okay? And, and I want to read what, what Romans says here, what we read in Romans chapter 6. Beginning of verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? 
It's Roger. Is this what you were reading earlier? What's you were in five. Good. You were ahead of me, brother, setting it up. I appreciate it. Uh, Romans chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Anybody here ever been baptized? <clears throat> All right. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Do you know when you were baptized, right? And they took you and grabbed your hand or grabbed your nose or whatever and just threw you down. Has anybody seen the video on television about the little or the video about the little boy that was getting baptized and he was just so anxious he couldn't wait and they finally called his name. And he just jumps into the baptistry, you know. So uh, that could be quite a shocking experience. But uh, <laughs> so he just it's hey baptized. So, you know, what, what a baptize, ba baptism means is you're being buried with Christ in his death. In his death. You know, I, I've, I've thought about it at times. Maybe we should hold people under till the bubble stop and then see so they could really get a taste of what this, you know, the, the, this death thing is. But, but buried with him in his death. And then what's the next part? Raised with him in in his life, raised with him. That's, that's what Romans chapter six says. How many of us know that as we were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death, death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism and death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life, in heavenly life. L listen. We get, we get saved after getting saved, after being born again, after, um, you know, the Corinthians talks about all things becoming new and all that, right? Then we're baptized and now we have a new life. We're new people. We should walk and live in a new way. A new way. I, I get a little bit concerned that, that we have to, and we'll read this, but as we drag these physical bodies along with us, I think sometimes we give the physical part too much, too much um, rule and too much control in our life and not the new way, the real control of our lives. Yeah? So the scripture goes on in verse five, it says this, it says, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. I mean, people say, praise the Lord for resurrection. Man, we like resurrection, amen? It's alive. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Man, that'd be a great time to just, remember that praise the Lord stuff we were practicing earlier? We've been freed from sin. <laughs> we don't have to sin anymore. We don't have to yield to the flesh anymore. We don't have to suffer the consequences of sin in our lives anymore. Amen? We're free from it. Hey, that's good news today, folks. I mean, that really is. Look at somebody beside you and say, that's good news. You're free from sin. Verse eight, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. 
Death no longer has dominion over him. Got that? Okay, he died. He was under the dominion of death. He was buried in, you know, in the tomb. But what happened? He was resurrected. He overcame death with life. Now, get ready. There's some good news coming. How many people like good news? Anybody like good news? Anybody really want to hear some good news? All right, here we go. Ready? So listen to this. Okay, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died once. He died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, if I, I was you, I would just take and make up a circle or highlight on your iPad or your phone or something, that word right there. Likewise. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Alive. Hey, can I tell you, you're not dead anymore. You're not helpless anymore. You don't have any, uh, it's like, you, you know, at one point in time, we didn't have a choice. That, that was the only option we had to do dead things, to do sinful things, to do unrighteous things. But now through Christ, we've been given the power of the resurrected life so that we don't have to do dead things anymore. Now we get to do live things, amen? We get to do life things. So let's read on. Okay, so reckon yourselves to be dead and alive in Christ. Does anybody here ever have to have a, any reckoning moments with yourself? You know, it's like you, looking in the mirror. You can't do that. You're dead. Th those, those soul, does anybody have any fleshly desires that ever try to pretend like they're alive? Right? And they want to, you know, as a matter of fact, the scripture goes on, he'll talk about this. So let's read this. Therefore, in verse 12, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it, it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to, unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members of, as instruments of righteousness to God. Do you, do you see this? You get a choice in how you live. You get a choice that says, I'm either going to live fleshly in a temporal, you know, mortal state, or I'm going to live in an eternal, righteous place in Christ Jesus. We get a choice. We get a choice. Why? Because Jesus Christ gave us that opportunity. He says, for sin shall not have dominion under you. It shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but you are under grace. Anybody thankful for grace? Yeah. Hallelujah, right? Grace, God's unmerited favor, grace, right? Us getting what we don't deserve. We know that sin in our life, we know we deserve death, but Christ, the only death we get is in Christ so that we have resurrection life, amen? Amen, heavenly life, and that's what we're gonna live in. Flipping over to Colossians chapter three, real quick. I know we're handling a lot of scripture here this morning. Colossians chapter three. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, okay, those things which are heavenly, where Christ is, seat, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, sitting at the right hand of God. So set your mind on things above, on heavenly things, not earthly things. How many people have ever heard the statement that says, oh, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? That's baloney. You can't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. The only way you can be any good is to be heavenly minded. Amen? You can tweet that, all right? So, um, 
For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you're going to appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Okay, now, now here's how I picture this. Do we have children in here this morning? No, <laughs> okay. Here's how I picture this. Um, has anybody ever been out on a farm? How many people know a farm where they grow things? Okay. Okay, so um, on this, on a farm, and when I was growing up, my, um, my grandparents had a little couple acres, and, uh, and um, my grandmother, <coughs> and this is going to go way back, um, <laughs> this is going to go way back, my, my grandmother fixed great chicken and dumplings. Anybody like chicken and dumplings? Man, I saw someplace advertised recently here, on, they, they serve chicken and dumplings. I don't know, something about fast food and chicken and dumplings, it just doesn't go together. I don't know. Maybe it's great. So, uh, and, and then... Yesterday, I'm just telling you, we were going to purge our house. We were in the house, and Yvette brings out this bag of potato chips, and this bag of potato chips, it said, potato chips, biscuit and gravy flavor. I was, oh, excuse me, that's terrible. Biscuit, that doesn't make sense, does it? So biscuit and gravy, okay. So my grandmother would go, and she was going to prepare chicken and dumplings, so she would go out to the chicken pen, and she would catch a chicken, or have one of us catch a chicken, Right? Is this going to make anybody upset here? Okay. And she would, she would take the chicken and she would put the chicken up against the chopping block and she would take a little axe and she would chop the chicken's head off. I thought we... Yeah. <laughs> and then, how many people knows what would happen? What would happen to... The, the chicken would go crazy and it would flop around. And, has anybody ever seen this? You young'uns need to go, I'm sure you'll YouTube it, right? Or, right? So, man, these chickens go crazy and they're flopping around. Listen, you know what? It's, they're in the process of dying. Okay, I, I asked one of our children at the preschool one time, I said, what do you, you know, they were getting ready to go and they were going to have lunch. What are you going to have for lunch? And they said, we're going to have chicken. I said, good. I said, are you going to eat dead chicken? And they went, oh, no. I was going, <laughs> I want to think about that. Of course, I felt really good. You know, I tricked a four-year-old. I was doing, so I was mighty and powerful. There. But how many times, how many times does our flesh flop around like that, okay, thinking that it's still alive, thinking that it still rules when it really doesn't? So here's what the scripture, he goes on to say. He says, so put to death your members which are on earth, fornication and uncleanliness and passion, evil passions and evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience in once you yourselves walked when you lived in them. It's something you used to do, used to be, but not now. He says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Can I stop and say this right here? For all people, Believers, Christians, non-believers, every idle word, every idle word, there will be a day and a time when we stand and give an account every idle word. Filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old, that dead man, with his deeds. And you have put on the new man, 
who is renewed, who is alive in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Because in him there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian or slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, because Christ is everything, therefore, as the elect of God, Listen to what he says. You're not all those things. You don't have to do all those things. That's, that's not, that, that may be the flesh flopping around, but we're, we're putting it to death because this is what God wants to manifest in our lives. Look at it. Look at how God sees you. Look at the perspective of heaven in your life and over your life and through your life. He says this. He says, as the elect of God. Can I tell you, you're the elect of God. You're the ones that he, he looked for and he sought after and he chose. And he says, therefore, holy, holy. I don't know about you, but it's not a lot of times I'm driving down the road and some unknown event like traffic will take place. And the thing that I feel just flooding into my heart is, oh, you're so holy. <laughs> Anybody here get accused of being Guilt, you know, you're guilty and you get received condemnation. And but listen, that's not who we are. Not as citizens of heaven, as, as the beloved of Christ, as those who have been baptized with him in his death and raised in his life and going, it says, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies and kindness. You know, we mentioned grace a minute ago. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. You know what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Amen. Mercy is the fact that God just didn't take us all out. Amen? Mercy, listen to this. Mercy is the fact that not everybody is sick. And not everybody is under the, the weight of punishment. Anybody ever been stopped by the police officer and being guilty and him going, you know what? I'm not going to give you what you deserve today. Hallelujah. Thank you for mercy. And so because we've received mercy, we now put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Forgiveness. It's part of the perspective of heaven. It's the way that citizens of heaven live. We live in forgiveness. We, we make a choice that this morning says, I, I'm going to be so filled with the love and the life of Jesus Christ that no matter what anybody does against me that I could complain about, I'm going to go ahead and choose to forgive them now before the offense, the offense occurs. That'd be a great place to really say amen, folks. That's how God wants us to live. So we should forgive them. But above all these things, put on love. The perspective, the, and we'll talk about this a little more next week, but the atmosphere of heaven is love. Last week, we talked about the heart of heaven being souls. Seeing people saved, that's what's on the Father's heart every moment, every second. That's what's on his heart. Then can I tell you that, that, that love is the atmosphere of heaven? And so he says this, he says, um, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one in body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And I love this verse. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all. So everybody say that with me. Do all. Come on, say it again. Do all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. 
We get to do this. That's because we're because we've been we're, we live in that heaven. We live in the heavens. We're seated with Christ in the heavens. Back to Corinthians, really quickly as we wrap up. You ready? Second Corinthians chapter five. You still got your finger there. Second Corinthians chapter five, moving down to verse fourteen. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judged thus. That if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all. That those who live, anybody here live this morning? Anybody have life in Jesus? Those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Let me say this, that, that the purpose, that the practice, the, the, the focus of, of living in an open heaven is not to live for ourselves. It's to live for him. It's to live for others. It's to serve others. It's to, it's to be a blessing to others. It's to encourage others. It's to forgive others. It's to help others. It's to instruct others. It's to be an example to others. You recognize that, right? That your life, that, that your purpose here on earth is to be an example to each other, but to all others. That in the way that you conduct yourself, as we talked about here in some of these things, the things we don't do, but also the things we do. We do it unto the Lord to be an example of the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So listen to this. No longer live for themselves. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. And there's a whole lot I could say about that right there in the world in which we live. Isn't it amazing, all of the divisions, all of the separation that takes place because of the flesh, because of the color of the flesh, because of the, 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 the race or the gender or the, well, we, we got to be separated on these issues. We're not going to regard people to the flesh. Look, look I can say this. I, I, I mean, I really have. This has been an issue, and Chris and I talked about it, and I've been talking with all pastor friends and buddies. Look, I, I know in my heart I love every race because it's not about race. I, I love every person. I, I care for their well-being and want to see them reconciled in Christ. And it, no matter what your, 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 your uh, country of origin, no, no matter, listen, no, no matter what your, your past was. Anybody here have a past? Anybody help me, need me to help you remember some of your past? <laughs> no, the enemy does a good job of that, doesn't he? So it's not about our past. It's not about our orientation or our, our political affiliation. It's not about our, it, it's, it's not about um, our socioeconomic status. It's not about what, where we came from. It's about where we are now. And now we are citizens of heaven, seated with Christ in heavenly places and assigned as citizens of heaven to planet earth so that heaven can be manifest here on earth and his will be done. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Paul saying we knew him, but now we don't know him there. Verse 17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And because all things have become new in us, Listen to this, what God wants to do through us. He says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself 
through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Very quickly, very, very quickly. Every single person here who's a, a believer in Jesus Christ, who's a son or a daughter of God, you have been assigned a ministry, and that ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. That, that ministry is a ministry of helping people who are out of favor with God to once again come into favor with God. I, I actually had to go and look up the definition of reconciliation. It says this, it says to change mutually, it says to exchange as coins of equivalent value. Taking off the old man, laying down a life of death and picking up a heavenly life, a life of the spirit. To reconcile with those who are at variance, to return to favor with, to be reconciled to one, to receive into favor, I like this, to win over to friendliness, to cause to be amicable to bring into agreement or harmony, to make compatible or to con make consistent with one another. Now, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here today, but can I tell you this? That, um, that all this talk about racial reconciliation and uh, uh, all the other talks, the, 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 the equality, the reconciliation between the sexes and all this, can I tell you, it'll never happen. Well, aren't you glad you came to church this morning for that great piece of good news? You know, because reconciliation doesn't start in the head, it starts in the heart. And until men and women and boys and girls and people of every color and every predisposition are reconciled to Jesus Christ, are reconciled to God's loving and wonderful and amazing purposes for their lives, They'll never have enough life in them to be able to share it with others. See, reconciliation isn't about trying to get something from somebody. Listen to me. It's not trying to get people to agree with me and, 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 and to take from them what I lack in my own life. Reconciliation is about giving out of the fullness of our lives into the lives of others. Amen? That's, that's why I can tell you, no person of any color, no person of any sexual orientation, no person of any, of any sinful disposition, no, no person, they're, they're, they're not, you know, crossed out. There's not a, the sign of Ichabod over them in my heart. There's a sign of love that says you are loved and you, and you are welcome and, and, you, and you can come in and, and my desire for you, no matter who you are today, no matter where you are in life, is this, is that before you try to fix anything else, let's start at the core. Let, let's start by getting our hearts reconciled with God through Christ Jesus, amen? So that we can live as the people of heaven here on earth for his glory and for his honor, amen? It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus, amen?